respect had the sweat just to cast checks working from sunrise to set every day a challenge no trades attached to episode x plus one of the mistakes from making podcast uh with you today i'm ruby schubach and i'm alan and we also have justin you don't do yep. last names. I, always, I am back. We're not supposed to do last names. <laughs> You're out of practice, Rudy. We're out of practice. I'm way out of practice. Yeah. Yep. So if oh, you with the last name, so that's fine. So if all of you, if if you have been following along with our podcasts, uh, our last one was in early fall, and it is now midwinter. So right on. Thanks for sticking with us and coming back. Yes. <laughs> we're we're glad to be back. I'm excited. It's been a while. Oh, We've yeah. had some busy life stuff going on between Ken getting married and moving and new jobs and all sorts of crazy stuff. So And then Alan got engaged. Yep. I got engaged. And yep, that's happened. We're both <laughs> engaged now. So months, you know. Yeah. yeah. So that's exciting news. Uh and probably will interfere with our podcasting so (laughs) at least slightly i think i think uh, of the things in my life that have caused me to be unable to do podcasts claire has not really really been one of them yeah she's always been very supportive of my of my casting habit cool well uh yeah so those are the exciting newses um the other exciting news is the other side just launched today so we'll be talking totally about that later so i don't know i i bet that cheated fates radio is going to beat us to it because they probably did a pre-record on theirs uh know, man we might be able to do it they're, they're on a podcast part. network now so they have to like jump through hoops and things i think can do that's, that's true we're it free probably, i could i could just in- post this right away because we're super interested in the cause... first podcast to do uh, the 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 stretch goal. So there's a stretch goal <laughs> on the uh, the other side uh, Kickstarter, which says if 15 podcasts mention the other side in their podcasts, how many times can I say podcasts? Podcasts. They will do uh, the fluff for the other side in their breach side broadcast, which is their fluff podcast. 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 Um. So we are, we're, we're at least one, if not officially number one. And if we are officially the first podcast to do a segment on the other side, Kickstarter, uh, I just have to say first. <laughs> well, we can hope. I'll edit it as quickly as possible. <laughs> uh, Ken's not here, so the editing won't be ridiculous. Oh, that's true. I remember the last time I had Rudy and Ken on a podcast together. It was forever ago, and it took me forever to edit. Why is that? <laughs> You guys like to talk over each other, I think. That's true. <laughs> a little bit. We get excited. It's good. I, I do. Uh, I really do. Yeah. So, uh, do you guys want to? What do you guys want to talk about? Just, do you want to just dive into the Kickstarter? And get going. I, I mean, that's what I was. I was just watching the video. I was doing my research. My my entire Portland gaming group is like calling dibs on factions already. Uh, <laughs> so, I'd be willing to go in. Yeah. All right, let's do that then. Cool. Uh, mm-hmm. Just wanted to point out that I we are talking about getting on a little more consistent recording schedule. I'm trying to see if we can nail that down, but you know it's it's tough. Uh, I think we're gonna shoot to do like a 
more regular scheduled time and then just say like, oh, I can't make it rather than trying to randomly schedule. So that might help. Yeah. So hopefully you can look forward to more episodes in the not too distant future. If no, not, we're sorry. Hard. Please it's enjoy. Yes. Yeah. There is holidays, but in the future, we're hoping. Yep. Uh, thanks for sticking with us. All right. On to the, the other side Kickstarter. So I, I just want to, as of as of the time of recording, seven nineteen p.m. The they have been up for what seven hours? Sure. They are currently at one hundred and forty six thousand of their seventy five thousand dollar goal. They have gone to two hundred percent funding in twelve hours. That's pretty good. Eight hundred and twenty backers, which is always good to keep track of how many backers you have with this sort of thing. There is more than a month left, so if you are worried about missing out. You got all the way until January. Ask for money for Christmas. Well, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Get that grandma money. Kickstarter, get that grandma money. Before this thing finishes. <laughs> yep. Because I just blew all of my money on Black Friday, and now I need to spend money on this. Yeah. Uh, I was here on Black Friday. We were talking about it and trying to figure out what the what the the quote unquote good time for them to do a Kickstarter was with their release schedule. But it's like if you look at uh, Black Friday in November, and then you have Easter in March, and you have Gen Con in August, that's like a pretty decent little four month cycle. Well, and with this, they've been working on it for you know well over a year. I mean, they put postcards in the bags at Gen Con, like, was that two years ago? Something like that. Or, or a year and a half, I guess, it would have been yeah. at Gen Con. It was at Gen Con, I'm pretty sure. Yep. But I think it was I think it was two Gen Cons ago, so a year and a half, approximately. They they were already working on this game then. Yep. So I think that's probably more detailed on, like, they want to get it out now. They're ready. Yeah. They feel like they're ready to send it out. They want the game They've to got be the fun. renders done and the art done, and they're not going to wait another three months or six months you know yep because and for a time that might not be any better Plus, well yeah the problem is, is grandma money the perfect time to, to launch it then you're never going to find the perfect time to launch it you're always going to be working on new stuff and if you can't get the, the first wave of it out then how would you start working on wave two yes so we have a kickstarter now uh luckily it's a nice long one it runs into mid-january so you know january 20th i think is the the end date so, you know, you have time to recover from the holidays. But uh, um, obviously it's met its goal, but with any sort of miniatures Kickstarter, it seems like always the goal is kind of a joke that they just sort of say, like, that's what we need to hit, and we know we're going to hit that for sure. Like, there's no question. That's true. Well, I think the thing is that it's like the the I think the minimum or the 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 goal quote unquote is the minimum number of orders they need to get in order to send a run to their printer right yeah I'm sure that it's and if they don't make least. that then they scrap the project and if they do make that then hell with it even if only seventy five hundred dollars worth of model gets made you're still getting the models made and getting the game out there and, and starting it. it's it, the minimum for it to be worth it yeah exactly to cover the to cover the first run. And now they just know that they need to double all of their runs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, and I think it's part of that is just the Kickstarter culture sort of wants that. They want to break goals and go crazy. Yeah. You know? 
Well, and then that's why the stretch goal thing is is a thing because they 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 come you get to blah 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 you come down to the bottom and you look at what their stretch goals are and it's like if they hit seventy five thousand which is just their first one then they're good but they have goals all the way up to two hundred twenty five thousand and the map goes off screen so we can presume if they hit two hundred twenty five thousand which I I would guess they are very easily going to make that. Um, then that map will probably extend off to the right-hand side and they'll add more uh, stretch goals because you can drive the hype, you know, by... by we can hope. Like, look, pay us more money now and we'll give you more cool shit right now. Why, why? Well, a year from now, but yeah. Well, sure, yes. <laughs> Let's start with the details. So the estimated delivery date is December 2017. No Gen Con release. I imagine we'll see some demo tables maybe at Gen Con, but... Uh, we're looking at about a year is their estimate given the amount of work that's looks like it's gone into this page. I mean, obviously they can't guarantee everything, but I, I got a feeling like I, I got to think they're on top of this. It doesn't yeah. seem like based on the other Kickstarters I've, I've pledged to, it feels like one of the ones that if it does get delayed, it's not going to be two years late, you know? Yeah. I don't expect that based well, on even... the level of communication we've seen so far in the first 12 hours like they're obviously putting a lot of effort into this and care about well, and I, it <laughs> and i i hate to i hate to kick the, the the horse but i'm i'm sure that this is this is their chance to prove that the through the breach one of of the yesteryear was more of a fluke than it was the the gold standard of of weird they they have become an amazing uh publishing company right they're they're putting out lots of stuff very frequently with high quality and great customer service and hopefully this the kickstarter will just be more of the same of the of the ass kicking weird yeah so for those that don't know if you if you don't follow any of this except for our podcast you're pretty weird but we love you uh (laughs) (laughs) yeah the other side is uh a larger scale game than Malifaux. You're looking at about 45 models per side. Right now they have four factions or allegiances? They call them allegiances, allegiances. Yeah. Uh, Up on the Kickstarter for uh, your perusing pleasure with uh, different core sets and big old titans. It's a much bigger scale game. You got 120 mil bases, 80 mil bases... I think the commanders are on like fifties. It looked like so. if you if you scroll down to the um, the video where they show you what the gameplay looks like, it shows you the models on a four by four board, which is only two feet shy of the four by six that they play on. And those some of those Titan models are just enormous. Yeah, like, I def- definitely recommend looking at the gameplay video. It's really it's a nice video. It's about thirty minutes long. They go through the rules. I mean, if you're familiar with Malifaux, it's going to seem like the, the card flips and duels will make sense. There are some there, tweaks, but they seem, uh, but they, it's, you know, it's, it's lays it out pretty well in terms of just the basic rules and how the combat works and the back and forth and the unit types. So highly recommend watching that video when you get a chance. Um, and then those are like, I think from looking at it, that's exactly what you get in the first pledge level or no the second pledge level so the first one is uh nine, yeah for the the first one is uh a hundred dollars and for that you get a rule book which has already been upgraded to 
hardback. The hardback. And then you get uh, one of the starter box, which are King's Empire, uh, Abyssinia, Abyssinia, Gibbering Horde, and the Cult of the Burning Man. So those are pretty neat. I have no idea where I'm going. With yeah, I mean, if I back, if I back. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, with what faction? Uh, allegiance. God dang. Yeah. Allegiance. You want to do? Oh, right. I've got mine picked out already. <laughs> They're going right. kings, right? Of course. They look so classy. It's awesome. Yeah. I've I've always wanted like. Yeah, oh, the aesthetic, their aesthetic speaks to me. Yeah, exactly. And the infiltrators look fantastic. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's hard. Um, yeah, yeah. Sorry, keep continue, and we'll get there. We'll get there in a minute. The yeah, second, so the, the second one. The second one is uh, the Abyssinia, and these are a like a advanced armored warrior tribe. It looks like they've got like some. Yeah, they've I'm been. To... The, I think the story goes that they've been keeping a relatively low profile and and amassing technological advances. I've seen uh, in the comments them described as uh, faux Wakanda. Okay. <laughs> um, and the idea is that since the guild is throwing so much of their resources at keeping Malifaux in check, uh, their stranglehold on Earthside has sort of slipped, and the King's Empire is making a move for it. And Abyssinia is sort of trying to capitalize on the on the chaos of it all. Yes, I've I've read their blurb on the website, and if yeah, I'm not mistaken, well. they're the most technically advanced country in the world because they've actually had a couple of small portals to Malifaux over the last few centuries that they have kept very secret, which gave them early access to Soulstone. So they are the powerhouse tech faction. Uh, so highly elite from what the blurb says. Yep. Which makes me want to go that way because, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> All right. Next. Have, uh, from there you have the, the Jibbering Hordes, which I believe the fluff says that uh, small portals have been sort of opening between uh, another realm probably Malifaux and uh, places in our oceans. And the, the hordes are sort of amassing under the waves and they are sort of, as they are sort of running out of resources down there are coming up and, and uh, breaching the, the, the beaches of, of our world to, to make attacks and, and steal resources and things. Yep. They are the, Creatures that live in the waterways and oceans of Malifaux, and apparently uh, are trying to claim the Earth for Meridian, who is a tyrant we have not seen much of. Yeah, very cool. They look kind of zergy, or or if you're in uh, the 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 commander Storm Siren, sort of looks like a Naga from the World of Warcraft series, and the the striped skulkers and the Carconi look like Zerglings and um, uh, Hydralisks to me, at least. Um, though they're they're obviously sort of Lovecraftian in their in their initial design, I've heard they look more like D 
demonic lobsters and crabs, if but that's what they're supposed to be, I think. To I me, would agree, yeah. Some sort of evil shellfish. It's actually really cool. They're really dope looking, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's some might... painted ones up on there too yeah. that you can check out, and those look really nice. And their Titan looks fucking sick. <laughs> yep. Yeah. That's the that one's the one that's been out for a while. They've been toting it around places. Yeah. The uh it's the what is it called? The uh the crawler, the crawler. alpha crawler. The alpha crawler, yeah. And it's the one that they it's been in a lot of the art all along, so good to see that one, you know, in the flesh on the table in the gameplay video, which is really cool, all painted up. Don't tell Eric, but I think I might I think I might be going gibbering hordes. Awesome. <laughs> then last uh, of the four, we have the Cult of the Burning Man. And these guys are, I believe the idea is that they're people who've been sort of converted by the magic coming into the world from Malifaux. I, I think if, if I were to take a guess, um, having, having played the Through the Breach game, I'm guessing that the cult of the burning man are the people who are sort of being taught magic through the whisper tradition, meaning there is some entity that is sort of whispering madness into their brains and causing them to sort of push them into servitude towards him and pull him into this world through ritual. Um, So that would be my guess on, on their lore. I think there's, I think they're uh, the, the thing on the website sort of goes into that a little bit, but it's this idea that the burning man is this entity that is sort of charming them, I guess. Yep. And they have some warped people and some portals, some stalking portals. I'm really interested to see what those do. They look just like tentacles coming out of like, out of portals and just, yeah. they, look, they look pretty crazy. They also look a little cthulhu right? Yep, a little bit. It's hard yeah. to tell. Those aren't painted in the in the render here, so it's hard to it's tell. Maybe interesting to see those because realistically, on the other side of that portal, it's going to be relatively flat unless the tentacles are coming out of both sides, uh, and it's hard to know because we're seeing front front views of all of them, and there isn't really a good three uh, D rend- like isometric three D rendering of that particular mini. Good news with each update. It seems like they've been including a little art teaser, so maybe we'll get to see a more close-up view of them right. later on as we unlock some more stretch goals. So, yeah, so Cult of the burning man seems interesting. It wouldn't surprise me if the things they summon are actually not from Malifaux, and right. the burning man is just the icon that the their their sort of figurehead after he was in the sky above London and it burned down and. That's just what they attach themselves to, but they actually follow something else. See, I feel like I feel like that's a, I feel the same thing. Where I don't know if this and this thing that they're worshiping is a Malifoian thing, right? Um, yeah, on the page, it's uh, the cult are insane followers of the enigmatic burning hand. The forces of the voiceless entity are made up of monstrous ever. Like, I mean, does the Burning Man not speak? I, I I'm not currently super super caught up with the fluff. But... Oh my! But they they seem very interesting. Like the 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 fact that all of that is sort of steeped in mystery, and you you won't, as a burning cultist player, know what you're necessarily fighting for. And that might be one of the reasons why they dig it so much. It's the uh, the sort of mystery behind it all, right? Yep. 
the other cool thing about them is uh, I, I feel like they're the 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 page says that their tactics are very sort of hit and runny, um, where they're going to try and dart in, do a bunch of damage, and then run for cover. Um, and there's a part of me that always wants to believe that that's the way I play, but the more I play games, the more I know that's not true. <laughs> Uh, the way you want to play versus the way you actually play. Exactly, exactly. I care too much about all my things to really overextend, which is what you need to do on a hit-and-run crew. Yeah. So, uh, at this point, I think I've got a person in my... i got two people playing kings in my meta. I've got a person who is saying they want to go Abyssinia, a person who is saying they want to go Colt, a person who is saying they want to go Hordes. So at this point, I've got two kings and one of everything else. So so long as I'm not playing kings, we won't be totally awash with any one faction. So I'm coming down between Abyssinia and, um, and Hordes at this point. Very cool. And Justin, you're sold on the King's Empire. Right now, I'm definitely leaning King's Empire. I haven't sold on it, but like, I'm really liking Edmonton. I'm really liking the Hand of the King Titan. It's a dope-ass robot. Yeah. Uh, I've always liked could... uniform appearances, but yeah. Mm -hmm. I could uh, see myself shifting, though, to something else as more stuff gets revealed and yeah. we see some more stuff. So, Like, I don't know. They, their stretch goals say that there are uh, the the last two that are in this, or two of the ones are Empire Dragoons, which will be another set of uh, King's Empire models, and Eurazi, which I have no idea who the Eurazi belong to. I mean, yeah. It sounds like maybe Abyssinia. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, but I'm not sure, you know. <laughs> Based on the rest of the Abyssinia models, which are called... Crow Runners and Mahal Safari. Yeah, no, I think I think it's probably never seen here. Well, we will see hopefully soon enough. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the other, uh, so this is the $99 pledge level gets you the rule book and a box, like a starter box, which comes with a fate deck, basically everything you would need to play the game, it seems like, at a small level. Yeah, it, and, it includes a commander and two fire teams of each of the sort of small squads where you get for say the Abyssinians, you get a unit of crow runners and two units of Mahal for Safari for the King's army. You got two units of rifle corps and one unit of infiltrators, like two of two of the, of the light infantry and one of the sort of more specialized infantry. Yep. So you get, uh, what is that? Nine times three is, uh, 28 plus the commander. So or yeah, twenty-seven. So you get the commander. 28. So twenty-eight total, uh, which uh, isn't bad. I mean, with the rule book, I I'm thinking that most people are going to go for the next level up, though. Probably where you, yeah. Where you end up getting that's, that's a, a titan in addition. Yeah. So which is a good deal. <laughs> so the next one up is uh. Don't forget the rule book, Rudy. Uh, oh, that's true. <laughs> well, the so, rules be. I, I bet. Yeah, but... I would bet. Like they, they after they they gave up the uh, the Malifo two E general rulebook online. I'll bet that that is something that they're going to do for this as well. Yeah, you did get a hardback rulebook though, which is kind of that is true. Yeah. Uh, but the next level up for uh, 
a mere $59, no, uh, dang, wow, math, $61 more. <laughs> you get the Titan for the Allegiance you chose. So these are the giant 120 mil guys. And we've seen the ones in person. We've seen the King's Hand and the Alpha Crawler live and painted up in the video. The Dreadnought is the Abyssin Abyssinia one, which is sort of like a three-legged tank with yeah. big guns. And it, you know, based on the scale with the other guys, it's real big. Um, and realistically, they say the MSRP on these Titans is, is $90. So buying it in the pack saves you 30 bucks. And then the last one is the uh, Cult of the Burning Mans, which is like this crazy dragon scything monster thing. It's all sort of looks like, it sort of looks like half of a, of a Hydra, like a Hydra that's sort of trying to free itself of itself. Hmm. Okay. Very cool. You, and you also still get the rule book, obviously, in this level. So, uh, of the Titans, which one do you guys? I, obviously, I think we know Justin's favorite. But uh, <laughs> if you just had to pick a Titan, Rudy, which one would you pick? It's actually probably what sold me on Jibbering Hordes, which is the Alpha Crawler. Yeah, this giant four-armed, squidly-faced monster. It's so dope. I think the Gore, the Gorsh, the Gorish, Gorsh. the Gorishki. Good guess. Uh, uh, seems like it would be really hard for me to paint. Um, yeah. And and the Alpha Crawler looks like it's just going to be a really, really big humanoidy thingy, which I can get behind. Um, the Dreadnought, I feel like if I had to look at the robots as as, as competing, I think King's Hand is way cooler than Dreadnought because um, it looks very Jaeger-y. Were I to play King's Hand, I would probably paint it to look like the uh, gypsy... Uh oh what's the gypsy gypsy like danger? Gypsy danger, isn't it? Yeah. 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 See I like the gorse the gorse. <laughs> Let's say gorish. Gorsk. The gorishki. It's a Polish uh burning dragon. Yeah it is. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that. Uh <laughs> but uh yeah, I like that one a lot. I, I I wish it was seeing it live in the video, but uh I think that really sells them. This just to see someone pick it up, but uh, it looks pretty dang cool from here. Yeah. And then the king's they hand is a bigger like... render of that. On the yeah, there is. Site. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Cool. So many mouths. Yeah. So right now, I I'm already planning. Still a better model than Hungering Darkness. It it is better than Hungering Darkness. I'm sure. <laughs> uh. So at this point, well, then I guess there's there's technically three more pledge levels, but they get a little more a little simpler. You have the dual commander pledge level, which gives you basically two of everything. So you get it lets you and a friend do a place at each, and it's three hundred. So you save a little money, and, and you get all of the rule books. Also, there's you get with the commander levels. So the one sixty and this one, you get the command stretch goals, which we haven't unlocked any yet, but uh, I'm sure they'll be cool. So you get, and with the, the dual one, you get two of each. So obviously each of you get all of those. And then recently, uh, just based on comments and feedback, they added the tyrant pledge level, which gives you four of everything. So you can get basically all of the allegiance boxes, all of the Titans, a single rule book. So you don't get four rule books. 
and uh, one of each of the level stretch goals. So this is for people who obviously want to buy everything. It's for the one guy who wants every faction. Yeah, I'm, there's more than one, I'm sure. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Well, no, I mean, in, insofar as the duel is for two people who want a faction oh, each, yeah. this is for one person who wants everything. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yep. And that one runs five hundred dollars. So there's already twenty nine people who have it. So obviously there's <laughs> some demand for it. <laughs> uh, very cool. I wanted to talk about the other pledge level, though, the one that n- not, none of us can actually get, and this is the uh, retail pledge level. Oh, yeah. So for $50 and the ownership of a retail location, you can uh, get two Allegiance box sets and a retail kit, which I think is, I think they said is like promos and like maybe some models like for giveaways and prize support type stuff. Or or presentation for for selling, yeah. Yeah. So or, or yeah, some sort of maybe some posters or something. Yeah. I'm scrolling down. So that's obviously very in- affordable. Uh, but you know, with the idea being that they're trying to sell these retailers on on getting the game in their stuff, store yeah. and stocking the game. So. Uh, well, I know a lot of stores will buy things that are Kickstarter um, exclusives and and sell them at slightly above msrp and say and save their well not msrp slightly above retail and uh and, and catch a little profit on that by being the first person to have it mm-hmm. yeah uh, i think an important thing to note here is that they're they're deviating from their standard uh manufacturing process a little bit with these models actually i wanted to just talk about the retail pledge a little more first okay, that's right. so i i think it's pretty cool that they're doing this uh it's weird's been a company that's always thought about retail locations at least recently like it seems like every month they have a promotion that's helping out brick and mortar stores which we can all appreciate as people who need brick and mortar stores to play i mean i can as someone who's an apartment who could never fit a four by six table in here yeah no matter what you know i if i'm playing this game it's not going to be in my house so you know (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I guess I could go to the library and get some weird looks from all the librarians, but uh, <laughs> I think that it's pretty cool that they're doing that uh, to give you basically the demo box to start with. Uh, I also like that they're sort of working with the distributors of the games. Yeah. And trying to sort of push people to that. It, it shows that they're concerned about doing a Kickstarter you know, you look at like the Bones Kickstarters and they have no, they don't care about retail at all. I don't think they're just, you know, they're their own distributors. Yeah, they're basically th- that's their distribution model. But it seems like weird, you know, is looking long term and saying we don't want a Kickstarter wave two of the other side. We want to just sell it to stores and have them sell it to you. Yeah. I mean, that's what it feels like in terms of the skew numbers in terms like for what they show you on like. I mean, realistically they'll probably try and they'll probably try and from here go into what they've been normally doing which is pre-order or uh revealing what they've got and then pre-ordering it and then selling it to people as they do their normal release schedule so like people who are following weird and buying from weird can get it early yeah, yeah. so it seems like they have i mean obviously they've got the starter boxes right off the bat which is really a good way to do it so you're gonna have yeah. it well, and presumably there'll be more factions or allegiances as well at some point in time. So, oh, I bet, 
It's weird. Yeah. And then there'll be one allegiance that has like a dual allegiance with everything else, and then you end up buying all of the allegiances and have no money. I don't know what you're talking about. All because I there's am cool ninjas in one of them. Isn't a guild allegiance? Considering the whole thing is people trying to break away from the guild. There might be. Yeah, I, I expect there will be eventually, and maybe a, a Three Kingdoms one as well. If, oh, see, if, there if you're you going go. the whole World War. Not not Ten Thunders, but actual Three Kingdoms. Yeah, 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 Three Kingdoms, yeah. Yeah, there are. Uh... I did try and play Warhammer 40k at a public library back in high school. People were not <laughs> amused. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, yeah. So those are the levels, the retail level, or all the different levels. Uh, obviously it looks like the commander levels are going to get some free stuff actually if you look at the map now uh they updated it after one of the in one of the updates and now it says you get a commander fate deck freebie if you're in the upper two the upper levels when they get to two hundred thousand. good lord they showed art for those too and they look real good i don't know if anybody else looked at those I'm looking at, I think I'm looking at them right now. Yeah, they're in the updates section. Okay. Uh, okay. I, they've been they've updates. five updates already. I don't think it's the pajama party. It's one below that. 125,000 stretch cold hit. Yep. Yeah, they have one for each uh, faction. Oh, man. back is cool. The, the Burning Man's deck is fucking sick. Yeah. Those yeah. are some pretty fate decks. <laughs> If the and those are add-ons, so if oh if, man, <laughs> Justin, you get the best deck. <laughs> They're pretty badass. So even if the thing is, these are add-ons too. I think that's what if I'm reading it right. So you can just buy all four if you want. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think if I was in the if I wasn't gonna back the Kickstarter, I'd probably just back it just to get a couple of these decks. Well, that's the cool thing. Is the, awesome. the, the one, the one back level that you didn't mention is there's a one dollar. Oh, yeah. In backer level, where you can basically buy, pay, give them one dollar to unlock the ability to do add-ons and buy things flat out. Yeah, that's pretty standard with these bigger miniatures kickstarters like that. And I know. it is nice if you're like particularly into one model or right. Like I, I just said, want King's four amazing fate decks. I'm considering just buying all of these instead of getting any minis, so because they're that good. My favorite thing about these fate decks is their plastic. For those of us who are absolutely god awful at shuffling, so yeah, yep, they're the nice high quality plastic ones. I'm wondering if they're going to be the style of the bad ink or if the other style. They've they've bounced back and forth, but you know. So, but other than that, I'm excited for those. Man. All right. So, Rudy, you want to talk about the uh, construction techniques here, or the, the yeah? The I think it's themselves? interesting that they're they're moving. So, if you if you play Malifaux, and if you don't play Malifaux, but you listen to our podcast, that's also odd. But if you play Malifaux and have gotten any of the plastic models from M two E and forward, you'll know that they've sort of gone. They used to be metal with three or four bits, or resin with four or five bits, and then they moved to this plastic construction with. The way they, they had to do that because of the way the, the the molds worked is they had to do a lot more connection points, a lot more fiddly bits, but way higher detail models. Um, last 
what was that gen con they release a uh, a couple of, i think a, a special edition and a anniversary model both of them were made with the same technique which were no assembly required no paint uh and that is the um the tortoise in the hair box and ionis and both of them were were solid construction one 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 mold injection and done or they they assemble them on site and then send them to you pre-assembled i guess um but you don't there's there's no assembly you just have to paint them which is a, a major departure from sort of industry well and just, well there, here's the thing there's many many companies that make models that are all assembled i mean bones for example all the zombie side games are this are pvc and they yeah. obviously come in one piece injected like that. The difference is if you at the near the bottom of the Kickstarter, they have like overviews of with, with actual models, you know, production or no, these aren't production, but these are uh, prototypes that they made. Yeah. And then sent and, out to be painted and stuff. Well, yeah, but there's in the very like and there's two videos that have we each have a model and they're uh, not painted yet. Yeah. And you can see them, you know, in like the actual plastic and they're, and I've I have the couple first couple zombie side games, and these aren't zombie side minis in terms of the quality. Right. You know, these aren't bones minis. They uh, have a lot more detail than that. I mean, I'm I don't have a ton of bones stuff, but the stuff I do have, the details there, but it's not nearly as sharp as these. Uh, I think that Weird is a company that prides itself on having the some of the best minis in terms of style and terms of appearance i think that's safe to say and then it's one of the best in the business yeah, I think. and these don't i mean obviously people have opinions on like what kind of models that you know what aesthetic they like personally but the quality of the minis is is good you know they, they don't look like zombie side minis you know yeah. <laughs> they don't look like cheap pvc minis even though they're pvc uh so check out those videos for sure if you're worried about like the detail or the the look of them uh i'm as someone who really doesn't mind assembling models i'm you know don't i don't really care either way at this point the thing that i'm interested like these come on bases already yeah so it's you, obviously you can't make your own bases or do like crazy bases. There's going to be a lot of decorating bases as someone who's not a super like talented all the time painter. I'm curious about like trying to get clean bases and model separation and stuff when it's all assembled already. Mm. Like, like the uh, storm siren, who's the commander for the gibbering horde. I'm seeing all these. And I think you said the same thing about the dragon but is seeing all these like crevices and like, uh, I'm not sure how good I'm gonna be able to painting that, but I'm are you sure they come pre-based? I'm not certain they come pre-based. They they, I think they come pre-assembled, but they come like on bases. The... He says in the video that they'll come on bases, uh, pre, pre-attached. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Take a little hobby knife to him. Yeah, I guess you could cut them the off. At the bottom of the page, there's the the rifle core and the infiltrator's picture, and they're on scenic bases. So either that, or they're just really impressive paint jobs. But <laughs> no, yeah, maybe I'm wrong. Apparently, they're going to have unassembled versions for sale later on the web store. Wow. 
if but, you really, really want to assemble your own models. A little bit. Then you can wait and get those later. All right. Yeah, I'm not that attached to it. I'm sure, I mean, but it's kind of cool that they're giving you the option. I don't know. I don't know I if they're going to be the same. Airbrushing. Yes, definitely an airbrush would be wanted for this game. I would be very interested in getting one, just given the model I, count. I have one. I think I need a, 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 an air compressor more than an airbrush at this point. And then also airbrush lessons because I don't know how to use an airbrush. Well, it'll be a good opportunity to learn. Yeah. Yep. Maybe I'll try and paint my hungering darkness with it to to practice. Yeah, do some uh, practicing. A model you can't ruin. <laughs> <laughs> right? Nothing I'm going to do that model is going to make it any worse. Oh, sorry. I really do hate that model, though. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't? Anyway, uh, so the other side Kickstarter, uh, like I said, uh, is up and running. As of right now, we are very, very close to the next stretch goal, which is cool. Uh, I'm scrolling down to see what it is. Right. <laughs> Trying to catch a, up. I'm looking at it's all a, the It is a uh, long Kickstarter page. Online. All backer strat cards are upgraded. So they're going to, that they were saying that it's going to oh, be like man. the fancy alternate. Plastic. Yeah, I'll bet they'll be like the limited edition cards that we get from we're getting from Alpha right now, and so a backer gets those ones sort of included in their package, and the regular ones will go online. That's what it sounds like. Uh, hopefully, that'd be pretty cool. Uh, just, you I talk after this. I love <laughs> just, the fact. <laughs> I was looking while we've been talking about this. The Kickstarter's gone up two thousand dollars. So <laughs> nice. So. The other cool thing I like about that is I do like the free online stack cards. Some people are saying like that shouldn't be a stretch goal, but they they actually that's one thing that originally it wasn't the it was well and the Malifaux cards haven't been free online ever. Yeah, well originally the uh, they weren't upgrading the backer stack cards. They were just this goal was just free online cards. People said like that seems kind of lame. Like we're gonna have regular cards. Why do we need free online ones? You know. Right. That's a good point. The and fact then, that the, the listen to that and they changed it, and now we get fancy alt ones. So that's cool. That's cool. <laughs> and then the free online ones are great because I lose my cards all the time. <laughs> so I'm really happy about that because I'm terrible at organizing my cards. That's good then. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I've, I've I. Every now and then I'm afraid I've lost a model and then uh, I realize that I've pulled it out of my bag already and it's on the table. Are you afraid you lost Tannin? No, uh, Brutal Effigy, actually. Oh, okay. I was like, man, I know I didn't take him out of my bag because why would I for anything and save to play him? And I can't seem to find him. I can't seem to find him. Justin, come look at my bag and see if you can find my, my Brutal Oh, no, never mind. He's, he's right here. Don't worry about it. All right. Very embarrassing. Yeah. Uh, the real problem is I'm going to have to find space in my bag for uh, a full other side thing, which means I'm going to have to pare down what I'm running for. No, I'm just not. I'm going to need a bag. I'm going to need new foam. Ugh. Make sure you have that on your Christmas list for next year. New foam. New bag. New foam. Yeah. Yep. Start doing required. 
that's smart. Yeah, lugging more than one game around at a time, especially against Malifo, which is entirely about versatility in models. Yeah. It seems like a poor decision. Well, my problem is that I play Thunders, which means I have stuff from every faction in my bag at all points in time. Mm-hmm. I, need to, I need to simplify. I think what I need to do is play Jacob Lynch and Asami, and that is all. No Mayfang? Yeah. <laughs> problem with Mayfang is that I have to start bringing Gremlins, I have to start bringing... Wait. I'm surprised you didn't go with no Lucas McKay because he's he's often been my go-to for for try hard mode. Yeah, yep. I, I suppose. I just think my thing is more fun. He's alright. He's pretty good, but <laughs> rail walk is so fun. I I. I, to, to move away from the other side for a moment, I think I may have perfected my Jacob Lynch uh, 10 Thunders crew. Cool. All right. Back to the other side. Yeah. Back to the other side. <laughs> Did you want to say more one about side your to the other. Jacob Lynch? What was that, Justin? Crew? It's just going one side to the other and back again. It's like ping pong. Right. My my new so my my old just my old Jacob Lynch crew was two Thunders Brothers two Illuminated uh, Graves Lone Swordsman Huggy Jacob. That sounds pretty um, good. It's it's Why been so won me a lot of games. Um, and then I received uh, Yasunori, and I realized that Yasunori has a zero action lets him stack the first three cards of the deck, which is really great for ace fishing. And he's paired, and he can take potentially four or more attacks per turn, uh, which is also great for for looking for aces because he he he, put, he shoots two cards out on every attack, and if he makes four attacks, that's eight cards going through him. That's a chance to get aces on every single attack, not to mention damage flips. So that's great. Yeah, that seems <laughs> then like it'd be pretty good throw, with Lynch. Right, exactly. Uh, and then on top of that, you throw in the Shadow Emissary, which is good, uh, who can give him fast and push him, so he's in a really great place to take charges, and can, and can give him focus, so you're even getting more cards thrown out every time you do duels. Um, so for, 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 what, for what I lose on that, as I, I run out of the Lone Swordsman and the... Um, I drop a Lone Swordsman, I drop a Graves. Graves is replaced by the Shadow Emissary who does the job of the pushing for him and does the job of the minimum three damage, but he does so at range while without randomizing into the Illuminateds, which is great. Uh, and I think I lose one Ten Thunders Brothers or one Illuminated, depending on how many stones I want. Um, and uh, Yasunori comes in and, and replaces the, ten, the Lone Swordsman for pure stabby goodness. The only thing I really lose out on is my ability to use You Shall Not See Another Sunrise to really put the pressure down. But if if I get lucky and I use that and I make four attacks per turn, those four attacks still aren't as powerful as the potential four attacks I can take without having to discard and risk dying every turn. So it seems like those two are two upgraded versions of those two things, and all I lose is probably one, one Ten Thunders Brother. Yeah. 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 So, so that's my that's my that's my final cell, Jacob Lynch crew. We'll, I we'll like see how that, uh, that new model that you were talking about. That does sound cool. Yes. I remember uh, talking to somebody else about him, 
and the four attacks with the that's the one with the dueling triggers where you or two suit triggers. Yeah, yeah. That seems pretty cool. It's like Crow and Ram and Mask and Books mm-hmm. and you get to take extra attacks. Yeah. Yeah. Fun. And where with Jacob Lynch cultivating your early game hands, you know, you can make sure you have a decent high of either of those and just rush in and make four attacks. Digging out aces while you do it. Very cool. And that's just I'm definitely going back to using um uh the wanna see a trick upgrade again after playing against Scott this weekend. Cause I played against Scott with Wanna See a Trick twice, and I was like, this card, everyone says this upgrade's bad, but I think it's great, and I want you to beat the crap out of me with it so that I can justify going back to it. And he did both times, so good for him. <laughs> All right. Oh, it's so nasty. Okay, sorry. We can go back to the other <laughs> side now. <laughs> it's fine. We should talk. We, we are a Malifaux podcast, and this game isn't actually going to be out, and we're not going to be able to play it for a year, so... Uh... <laughs> At the at the minimum, so hopefully sooner, but unlikely. <laughs> unlikely, unless they release the rules online early and you just start buying 70, 80, 120, 700 millimeter uh, bases. Yep. Or just, uh, what's about that? Like a CD is probably that size. <laughs> yeah, totally. Perfect. Do people have CDs? Just throw 50 millimeter uh, models on top of a CD and play the game. You're good. Where are all those old AOL discs? Those are yes. It's probably not. I don't know if they're actually 120, but it's close. It looks, looks about the same size. Uh, <laughs> probably actually. So uh, peanut butter, butter jar lids. Yeah, we'll figure something out. Uh, <laughs> if I I used to have access to a CNC machine, but you know. <laughs> so uh, yeah. I'm excited for some stretch goals. It looks like we're well on our way to getting back to the continent and off of uh, England here. So that'll be fun to see what that map... Uh, so basically they've done it as maps. Yeah. You have the first map with the first, you know, te- uh, seven stretch goals is England and Ireland and Scotland. Oh, and man, then, we're a thousand away from 150 grand. And then it runs over the uh straits there and into i believe that's belgium i don't know there's no it could be france or belgium it's just like the bottom corner i'm sure someone who lives in europe is shouting at my ignorance but uh thanks they're saying we'll find out as soon as the map reveals the next one what country that is maybe uh so that'll be cool uh, I, hopefully it's the same way where you can see the next, you know, seven pledges or uh, stretch goals and we can find out some more information that way. That's the one curse of being the first podcast record. We don't get to talk about all the awesomeness. True. Well, we can right do it now. next week and talk about more of it. Yeah. I mean, okay. we're going to get to put out four or five podcasts between now and the, and the uh, even the Kickstarter being done. Then we have another like 50 yeah. podcasts we can for the the gig part <laughs> kickstarter back yeah you're committing to doing a podcast oh. a week yeah no i don't know yeah. all right but i i think oh, we can talk about it later but i think every other week is something that's potentially manageable yeah. and that way if we can do it every week then we can start up a log you know mm-hmm. anyway <laughs> all right so 
Anything well, else anybody wants to point out about Toss? Podcast, podcast. The other side. Um, I'm pumped. I'm I am actually more excited about it than I thought I was going to be. Yeah. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I thought I'd moved away from larger scale games after 40k and War Machine and things, and now I kind of want to move back there because it's so pretty looking. Yeah, it is a very pretty game. The models look great. The uh, what you're getting seems like it's 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 pretty good. I imagine we're gonna get some more stuff hopefully with each pledge, but we got to get people backing it before that. It looks like we're still ticking up steadily, which is kind of nice. Yeah, uh, no, we're, we we got to the point where we're uh, less than a thousand away from the um the hundred and fifty grand yeah. thing. So. You know, I think as more stuff gets revealed and possibly more stuff gets added to the pledge levels, we might see people bump up there. Or for that matter, more add-ons get added. People might bump up their bump up the jam. Their their pledges to pick up add-ons that they want. Because right now, all we have for add-ons are the fate decks. Yeah, so, I mean, as they release new uh, fact or allegiance-specific models, it's going to be like, oh, cool. Well, I'll just go ahead and add another fifty grand, fifty bucks on fifty grand, fifty bucks onto there, <laughs> so that I can get that extra unit and have more options. I'm going to ride that extra unit and have more options. Right now, my favorite thing is the fate decks. I think, though, <laughs> are really, really rare. I want to go back and look at them again. Yep. Uh, updates. There's. A- Two hundred and something, some two hundred and something comments on there too. It looks like there's a nice bit of discussion going on. Oh god, the close-ups of the Abyssinian stuff is really, really sexy. Yeah, I mean these are just renders, obviously, but yeah. I'm that's why I'm kind of interested in seeing the renders of, like, if you look near the bottom, you can see the renders of stuff next to the actual model next to the right, the art, and, the color art, and then the. Now it looks like they only have models out in person of the gibbering horde and the king's army, whatever. What are they called? King's Empire. So, at least that's we haven't seen any painted. Or well, realistically, they've probably only done enough to do their sort of proof of concept yeah. and and uh, press release stuff, right? Yeah, there's a reason they're kickstartering. But you can see the. They have these nice little posters that are the line art, the color art, the 3D render, and then the final model of a lot of the of the stuff that's in the video. And uh, so that's nice to see. Yeah, man, it's gonna be tough coming down between the Horde and Abyssinia. It's gonna be tough. Yep. Well, hopefully something comes in later and it sways you. That's what I'm waiting for. Yeah. Waiting for I mean, the we new. We got time. We can. We can I, I don't have to choose right now. You don't even have to choose probably until, you know, at least a couple weeks after. Yeah. I mean, it's a back. They're using backer kits, so you basically pledge your money and pick your pledge level, yeah. and then at the end you get to pick all your goodies. So, based on how much money you put in. So, you know, you don't have to decide right now. That's why I haven't yet. You also get a measuring tape with your uh, pledge, so that's cool. More value. Always useful. Yeah, I do like how they're starting with the starter boxes. I imagine those are retail, like are going to be retail packaged. Yeah. So you can just so I, that's a lot easier for a store to sell, obviously, than right. 
by a, a commander on an individual sprue, then by well, what, what, what do I, what do I need to start this game? Well, you're going to want to buy a commander, or maybe two, depending. Uh, you're going to want to buy a couple of boxes of stocking portals. You're going to want to buy a box of the warped. Uh, you may want to buy. Yeah, especially if the rules are yeah. free online, you're looking at like a hundred and twenty-five. I think is the the starter box MSRP. That's like the approximate guess they're putting out. Obviously, yeah. But that's going to get you uh, everything you need to start playing. I mean, obviously, you're going to want more stuff later, but very Ooh, cool. Did I see a dual faction card? No, that's abs- no, that is dual faction. What? Uh-huh. So in the, it looks like in the opening video where they're doing the renders, there's uh, and it's after the the table with some models on it, and there's the cards coming up, infiltrators. Tell so, me, give me a timestamp. Uh, two fifty. Okay. So this is the video right at the beginning. Yeah, this is just the top oh. one. Right, we're gonna yeah. yeah, there's there's yeah. cards for like infiltrators, oh, okay. something okay. If you yep, look in the bottom left corner, that looks like dual faction Abyssinia Empire. Doesn't it? I'm waiting for it. I'm at two twenty-eight. So oh my gosh, the the, wow. <laughs> the power armor uh at two forty. <gasps> You're right. That might Wait. be enough to get me to stay in Abyssinia, man. Did you see the the girl with the chainsaw or the what? the buzzsaw hand? <laughs> yes, that's what I was just talking oh, about. Oh yeah, yeah that. If listeners, if you're listening to this, you should probably go watch this video because it's really good. <laughs> <laughs> I skipped this video when I was backing because I was more interested in the gameplay video, and I never actually like, watched it. <laughs> it looks like Empire Abyssinia, yeah. Yeah, so so there'll be dual faction models, so you can because that model was really cool, but I'm like, oh, I can't get. Wait, it's it's blue also. Lisa <laughs> Okoye. Uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to catch the name of the of the model as it's coming out, but I can't quite pause fast enough. Uh, oh, and it's blurry. Of course it is. <laughs> Okoye. I mean, it's got Urazi. the crown. Oh, and the, yeah, they it's are. Got Urazi. Remember how you were talking about how the Urazi were probably Abyssinians? They're not. They're gibbering hordes. Cool. Yeah, so watch videos. There's all sorts of models that aren't in the Kickstarter yet. So I oh what is that? What is what <laughs> what is what describe the crazy, what's the crazy radio. lady with the giant <laughs> gun right before Exactly, that's who I was talking about. What? Wait, the one with the buzzsaw hand and the big big shotgun over her shoulder? No. Oh she doesn't have the a one with the hand. And the... Like <laughs> is it the overalls and shit? Yeah, with the lamps on her back and the giant afro and there is a render of the of the echiaki whatever the hell that thing's name is um a 3d a 3d overview of the goreshki let's say okay. ian ian is going to go to town on me in chat <laughs> okay. so uh yeah we need i need to go either abyssinia or king's empire now just so i can have that mini i want to go to abyssinia because of that freaking buzzsaw hand lady this is going to be dangerous as they reveal the more stuff. The buster on the shoulder is so dope. Mm-hmm. It's going to be very that dangerous. Is, oh my god. Those. <laughs> it's funny as I can imagine using something like that for a role-playing game model right? too. Since they're detachable from the bigger base. Right? Mm-hmm. Alright, show me more. Okay, infiltrators. <laughs> good. We're into it. Other side. Great. Oh no, it's the end of the video. 
Oh, we'll have to come back and talk more later. Those render, those renders in that video were real good, though. I'm glad yeah. Justin pointed out to me because I didn't even think to watch that video. I was like, "That's gonna be boring. I want to watch the good stuff." Nope. <laughs> There's some flying gibbering horde Holy dudes. Crap, guys. Yeah. I I I always said that I liked Malifaux because uh, I could get away with having seven models or ten models at most, maybe twelve if I'm running something silly uh, on on the border any given time. I may have been lying to myself. Quantity has a quality all its own. <laughs> yep. I like that. Wow. <laughs> that crazy flamethrower lady is amazing. <laughs> I'm just oh, waiting for the artillery piece that's hiding in the back of the uh, King's Empire picture where you, you can get a howitzer, it looks like. Oh, I so hope you can get a howitzer. <laughs> okay, uh -huh. so everyone go pledge so we can unlock all these awesome stretch goals. So right. we've gone right. up another like two thousand while we've been talking about this. So two hundred dollars away from two hundred bucks away, yeah. It's all right. We're gonna publish our podcast and it's gonna like quadruple with all the publicity we're gonna give them. So True. I'm sure everyone who listens gonna, to our podcast. They're gonna let us count as two podcasts because we did such a long segment on them, I'm sure. Nice. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not too worried about it. I think we can figure something out. I mean, you can do a free SoundCloud account and just make a podcast <laughs> and publish. What it. would our, what would our, if we, if we just start a second podcast, not not a Malafilt podcast, what could we do to put another podcast in the Mistakes Were Made Empire? I'm telling you, uh, a brewery podcast. Right. No, but I'm saying we're going to make a podcast that's about. Uh, 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 through the, the other, other side. Oh, okay. If we're gonna if we're gonna name, we're gonna do a second named cast that's about the other side. Yeah. If we're leaving, if we're leaving mistakes for me as a Malifaux podcast. I mean, I don't. It's it's you know mistakes were made goes either way. You know, I know the tagline is a Malifaux podcast, but it's not like. You know, we could not... change our tagline to a Weird Games podcast, but that's pretty lame. We probably shouldn't it's... do that. I agree. Uh, <laughs> we just become mistakes were made a podcast and then then it gets real confusing well we could do pretty much anything at that point because people make True. mistakes, all the mistakes time. and actually mistakes were made a, a a beer and brewery podcast it makes a ton of sense thematically it's going to be weird for our audiences though as they cross or it's it's going to get real confusing True. when you have one episode that's about okay so our beer podcast one. can be called brewed awakenings <laughs> that's pretty good Which I might is have what to I edit that out and write that about. down <laughs> uh, just call the other side one poor life choices or something we can name okay so the other side can be called huge mistake <laughs> yeah huge mistakes <laughs> because <laughs> it's a large scale game it's perfect yeah <laughs> Big mistakes. Or you could call it <laughs> Titanic mistakes because there are Titans. It's a unit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The Titanic failure. <laughs> oh, even better. We oh, can't call no. it a failure until after it's made lots of money on Kickstarter. It would hurt Aaron's feelings, I'm sure. Well, we're, yeah, it's going to become like it, it'll have to. We'll have to. We'll have to change the paradigm. It'll be a Titanic success now. <laughs> 
Well, it's already doubled its goal almost, so I'm, I'm not terribly worried about it. Most but, of the way through their stretch goals, and it's day one. It's day yeah. one half. That dotted line's rolling off the map there, man. I was hoping, that when I saw it, I was like, oh, I really hope we it flips over and we can see the next one before we record, but we had plenty so, to talk about. If I pledge $160 right now, it will flip over into 150 k I'm sure they're not there to change it right now. Justin, what if you contributed three hundred dollars right now? What if you uh, do you want to go halfsies? That's what I'm thinking. Because we can get the commander level stuff for thirty yeah. bucks cheaper. For thirty bucks cheaper, yeah. Do it. Yeah, I was actually going to ask you okay. Sure, let's do it. Yellow. Yay. We're gonna push over the edge and they're gonna have to send out an update. I'm gonna watch. Are you doing it right now? Are we live broadcasting? Put break. I need to log in and remember my Kickstarter password. But give me two minutes. Okay, so we gotta fill two minutes and hope no one else breaks the stretch goal, so we can record Justin as backer number eight forty three breaking the stretch goal. Sweet. And okay, so I remembered it. I'm logged in and boom, pledged. And the internet tells me they are not over hundred. Hold on, let me try again. Oh, okay, Correct. now I'm putting in my card information, which oh. I'm not going to narrate. <laughs> Just read that uh, out loud to us, son. <laughs> I mean, Alan can edit that out. He might not, yeah. but he could edit that out. <laughs> ah, need to go find my wallet. Be right back. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, God. No. What if I just... Oh, like, God. And... And you just did it real quick. I, well, I mean, I already have my. I already have a pledge. So I just have to change it. <laughs> what, 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 what did you get in at one sixty? Yeah, I did at the one sixty. Yep. Uh, nice. I thought about reaching out to some people. I might change it later, but right now, like that's what I'm comfortable in terms of financially putting in, and you get a plenty of stuff. Yeah. And I'm I'm more than happy to wait to get everything and more stuff later. So. Yeah. Okay. Doesn't have bad news. It already clicked over, man. No, it didn't. I'm teasing. Come on, Alan. <laughs> but somebody here. else just backed it for one dollar, though. So that's exciting. Oh snap! That's a <laughs> that is a concerned citizen right there. Yep. Uh, you no. want somebody or someone who wants some fate decks? <laughs> yep. I'm telling you, if I didn't have any money and I was like, I only have 20 bucks, that's what I'd pledge for. <laughs> Although those, I assume, will be retail eventually. The 150 is uh, the 150 goal is what again? Stat uh, cards are available online and backer stat cards are upgraded. Okay. Because in a perfect world, they have all these stretch goals and things. Oh, where it is! Boom! Oh, there it is! <laughs> and also, uh, other people did it because we're at six hundred over. So we don't yes. know if you put us over, but whatever. Unless you pledged six hundred bucks, Jesus. No, uh, <laughs> no, no, I didn't. I should have pledged right. three. Rolling down, and yeah, it does not show that one fifty is unlocked, but that's fine. Yeah, it doesn't do it instantly. <laughs> someone, at, someone at weird yeah. has to go and do it. No, I think that was the joke about the the pajama party thing. Is somebody's just up doing that? Oh, dude, these shirts that they're oh my god, the you British are coming. The horde, the the gibbering horde shirt is so good. Watch the world burn. 
I like that one a lot. Those are all rad shirts. The British are coming. <laughs> yeah, those Yo. are cool. The the it seems like they're very engaged with this, which is nice, and they're like replying to comments. The I forget Lindsay, I think her name is, who's replied to a bunch early on. It's <laughs> been funny. She's got little fun things that are like about the breach and it's nice it's nice to see them actually like actively engaging it and they've already had a bunch of updates and aaron's update here says uh what, what have you got my boss can't come up with a good idea so it'd be awesome to show him up so i'm excited to see all your ideas <laughs> when i wake up in the morning yep <laughs> oh aaron's a funny guy it's gonna be a busy month for them yeah oh yeah in, in a good way though <laughs> see that's the thing what's the next uh so this stretch goal is gone we need the next one now <laughs> the gibbering hordes idea it's the gif debate all over again <laughs> <laughs> which means they're oh no they just totally threw me off because i i say gibbering hordes but i say gif okay Rudy. oh Will no contemplate that crisis I will. I'll get back to you. All right. If you want to talk about the other side more, or do you want to? Do you guys want to debate each other? That'd be fun. Do you want to debate? Because I, because I proposed a question the other night, and I would like to, I would like to be the debate uh, chairperson. Because you haven't gotten right. a chance to debate, have you, Alan? I'm all right debating. Let's let's do one. I'll, I, I'm. Let's do one. I don't cool. think I have time to do. I don't think I want to step for three, but. So, All right, cool. So, so today uh, on Malifaux Debate Club, we have Alan, whose last name is not uttered upon air, uh, debating <laughs> one side of this topic. We have Justin, who in my phone is known as Justin Malifaux, debating the other side of the topic. Uh, I'm not going to tell you what the topic is. I'm going to ask you, Alan, do you want to be pro or con this topic? I'll, uh, I'll be pro of the topic. All right. Then, Alan, you get to go first on the topic of should we continue to have the flip for turn six rule? In Malifaux, the flip for turn six really adds quite a lot of fun for your casual games. In tournaments, I can see where it could be annoying. You're trying to finish up a game. It can swing the game one way or the other, but it is random. The reason I like the flip for turn six is that it can really add a lot of random fun to your game night. You can be playing a game. It's a ridiculous game. You're having a great time. You're laughing. You're having fun. And you get to the end, and it's end of turn five, and you got to start packing up your models and going home. But nope. No, you don't. You flipped a card. You get another turn. More ridiculous stuff happens. Gameplay changes. Everyone's having fun. You know, it's like the end of like a really happy sitcom and everyone just turns the camera and laughs, you know? It's great. <laughs> That's why we should keep the flip for turn six. All right. Justin, would you like to have your uh, uh, intro into why we should not have turn six anymore? Uh, you know, I play Terra. Um... I do. That's why I gave Helen <laughs> the, the choice of topic. So the issue with turn six, or randomly determining whether you go to turn six, is, uh, as you mentioned, how 
variable and swingy it can be. There are a good many games that ought to be locked down at the end of turn five, but you can pull a set or you you can pull an upset uh, victory out of that. Which, yeah, in in casual games it's good, but in a tournament setting you shouldn't be you shouldn't have to throw the dice that way to win your game or count on winning your game, especially if uh, it's a little uh, not it's is it is it codified in GG twenty sixteen or anything whether or not there is turn six or is that just left up to the TO? At this point, I believe it's left up to the TO. That that's what I've thought. So having it more formally codified or just not having flipping for turn six at least in a competitive setting, would uh, alleviate some possible points of confusion where it's like, oh, I didn't think we were playing to turn six, and then you flip for turn six and you lose the game. So, And there, well, there, even in a lot of casual games, people don't do that. So they just end at turn five. We ready for back and forth? Sorry, I'm jumping on your line, Rudy. Absolutely, Alan. Do, do, you, want, do you want to rebut to his, his uh, opening statements? I would like to do that. I would like to point out that one of the best things about flipping for turn six is when you're losing the game and it's turn five, it gives you something to do. You get to look at your models and say, okay, I know I can't win it this turn, but how can I set myself up when I get that flip to win the game? It adds some strategy for the person who's behind in the game. You're not you know, just sort of like, oh, there's no way. You're like, well, if I flip for turn six... And I get to do that and that, then maybe I can pull this out and get my points. I can tighten up the differential and make my tournament score better. It gives you that opportunity. I definitely think it should be up to the TO's discretion whether or not they use it. I don't have a problem with that. TO's the boss. And uh, it's it's important to make sure it's clear that you are going to turn six or not. You know, And that comes up with timings and everything too. But it is a lot of fun to get that planning on turn five when you would normally just be like, yeah, let's just shake hands. Cause I know it's over. Mm. Uh, Justin, would you like to read about to Alan's opening thing? Yes. Yeah. So yeah, but going to turn six often favors whoever is losing because if you're winning with 10 points, then you've scored all your points. And at that point you are probably not playing for turn six and the fact that it's a, not a dice roll, but uh, a, a card flip for an additional turn to give your opponent a chance to win the game. I mean, Malifaux is entirely based on card flips, and bad things do happen. But you you get tighter play if you just go to turn five and call it there, I would say. Okay, so at this point we have uh, the idea of turn six coming down to either are we uh, adding an element of chaos and potential upset to the game, or are we uh, striving for clean play with um, solid stratagems that that have a a pre-codified ending point? Uh, Is there anything to be said for um, uh, tournament times or... uh, because uh, one thing that I've I've noticed is there there are many games where when I get to the end of them I I think to myself well there's no reason for me to flip for a turn six because 
I literally have nothing I can do to gain points right now. Um, so a lot of times, whether whether you flip to for turn six is moot. Um, but there have certainly been times when flipping for turn six has uh, won or lost the game for me. Um, so I guess if you were at a tournament for for playing for turn with with playing for turn six, would you be uh, for it or opposed to it? In a, in a let's let's talk about specifically a competitive setting. Well, in a competitive setting, like if I was running a tournament, would I have a turn well, six or not? If I were running a tournament and you were at it, and I said, "All right, rounds are two and a half hours, and if you get to the end of the t- end of turn five, do flip for turn six. Well, I'd be very happy because two and a half hours is a really long time, and I would hope to get turn six so I could keep playing more Malifaux. You know, I don't want like a hour break between my rounds. You know, and realistically, if you're getting to turn five, you're probably capable of getting to turn six and through it. Sure. Uh, so I'm not worried about the timing so much. It's, you know, it's, I think that's way more, the turn six doesn't really affect that nearly as much as just people's play pace and experience with their models. So I would say that I'm just fine with doing a turn six on a tournament. Like I said, if I'm losing, it gives me a little strategy to go ahead if I'm winning, you know, it gives you something to have to think about. You're not just like, oh, I've already got 10 points. Let me just move my models back and forth. You're like, oh, how can I make sure that I'm not giving up something if we go to another turn? So, Justin, closing thoughts? Are these my actual thoughts or am I morally obliged to be against it still? Or now you're still morally obliged to be against it. We'll, All right. we'll, we'll go into to post-debate discussion afterwards. But for now, closing thoughts that are... Uh, anti-turn six. Yes. So it's if you if you have your round lengths that are long enough to accommodate potentially going to turn six, then you have rounds that are fifteen to twenty minutes longer, probably to accommodate a what thirty percent chance of going to turn six. So, and that entirely depends on what you've already flipped. If you can count cards well enough, you can tell whether or not you'll be going to turn six. Yep. Or, and it's it's the element of randomness in a aspect of the game that, in a competitive sense, should not be that random. That I feel would interfere with the the tournament setting. Mm. All right. So I'm gonna. Well, we will leave it up to you, humble listener to come down on this side of the debate as you will uh, from a, from a debating standpoint, like I, I can see the, the, the pros and cons of both sides of this one, which is why I thought it was an interesting enough one that I wanted to host it uh, and listen to sort of either side. It's, it's a little too bad. Alan, how do you actually feel on the subject? Uh, I don't put much thought into it. I think in tournaments, I would never go to turn six in casual. I kind of like it. So Mm. But I'm not going to cry about it either way. If someone's like, I don't want to go to turn six, I don't want to flip, you know. Right. Like I said, if it's in a situation where it's like we're having fun and, you know, it's ridiculous stuff is happening. You know me when I'm playing Malifaux. Oh, yeah. I, I no, love we, yeah, I to think point out the ridiculous been... situations and just enjoy the, the, the fun of the randomness that late game stuff and shenanigans can cause. So, yeah. I'm pretty sure we had a turn eight at one point in time. It would not surprise me. Which was, I remember it being <laughs> hilarious. Um, 
I also remember being mostly dead at that point in time, but being like, all right, no, yeah. whatever. No, it's no, we've eight. lived through turn eight. We're going to we go and have one Kruligan left or something. It's turn eight. Oh, <laughs> oh man. No, I, I think, I think that I very frequently think on turn five, uh, and this is probably because I, I learned from, from Fed's trumpet and Jeff, uh, that you should always be prepared to uh, capitalize on a turn six if you can, because you never know when you're going to get it. And if you get it and you're in a position where the game continues, you'll be better off for it, right? So planning for an eventuality of a turn six is, is sometimes the best thing you can do. And if you're in a position where you where, where you either can or have to uh, plan for a turn six, like if I'm winning the game and I have enough foresight to be able to plan for a turn six, I'm happy. And if I'm in a game where I'm losing bad enough that I need a turn six, then I'm planning for it. And if it's one of those games where I don't think a turn six is really going to matter, I just don't care. I won't, I won't flip for it. Usually it won't, I know it won't matter enough to actually flip for it. And how do you, okay, so Justin, how do you really feel about turn six? He loves it. So personally, yeah, I love turn six. <laughs> what I would like to see with turn six is it actually be more consistent, like a 50% chance, which might actually make Terra's stutter time ability to essentially force either a turn or not a turn uh, much more tactical and interesting and maybe actually worth a soul stone because... Right now it's 4 out of... 4, 8, 4, 8, 12, 16 out of... Uh, on a oh, he's figuring out the odds. 54, which is a little over 25% chance. Yeah, and her, her ability to reflip is strong and I really like all of my models' abilities doing something, like uh, Lucius and Legalese in GG 2016 and how nothing scores at the end of the game, so stealing scheme markers is irrelevant. I don't like having abilities on models that are irrelevant, and when you never go to turn six, then that's just that's one of Tara's things that she doesn't get to do, which is an interesting and thematic ability for her to have. So, But turn six is awesome. I love it. We should play it more. It, it came up because was it you who was playing against Taylor that one day? Yes, I think I could have won that game if we'd gone to turn six. Well, I think, <laughs> I think there was a game. Maybe it was me because I remember we were playing. I, I think it, it did go to turn six, and he and he. Oh, oh, that game. Yeah. Uh, Which is why he got so frustrated. I heard that discussion though. of the rule of the turn six flip. Um. And so I and so I pocketed that one for for debate club. So the fact that it is so swingy is partly, in my opinion, because it is so inconsistent. It's a rather low chance. Yeah, and there well, there are ways to step it because it almost never happens. And when it does happen, it almost never goes. It never off. benefits whoever's winning. It's almost always benefits whoever's losing. Yeah. And then, but then you can do nifty things with Terra and Vanessa or something, activating them at the end of the turn and then stacking the deck so you can force a turn six if you want to. Or, or, or not a turn a, six. Or having a, a, a rider that's coming in with armor six or plus six to their <laughs> damage on the uh, glowing saber. Yes. For, oh, for Nori fun... with the glowing saber, is that going to be good or bad? For fun casual games, turn six is where the most swingy shenanigans, like the amazing plays happen, but, uh, or it just fizzles out and so like, yeah, okay, I guess I lose here too. But it has the potential for that amazing turnaround, which I, I, I think that the, I think that the potential for the upset is an important enough uh, aspect of the game. And like Alan says, 
it introduces this level of like complete upset and hype. Like if I, if I'm losing and I flip a turn six, my heart starts racing, adrenaline starts pumping. I'm getting amped up. I'm ready to, I'm ready to keep playing this game. Um, and we're laughing and we're having a good time like 80% of the time. Right. And even if, even if I come back and, and get a chance to win the game and still lose, I'll still have that extra, you know, 10 minutes or whatever it is of, of pure Malifaux enjoyment. And I think it's such an important part of, even if it's just casual, right? I think it's such an important part of the, of the, of the sort of narrative of the game that like this fight isn't over. You're still, we're still in this. Come on. Face Mary. Uh, that I like it. I mean, I'm into the, <laughs> All yeah, right. Malifaux is such a narrative-driven game. I would love to see turn six on like an eight or a nine instead of the. Is it ten or eleven? I don't it's, remember. It's ten up. It's ten up on the first flip. It's eleven up on the second flip. Like turn six is ten up. Turn seven is eleven up. Turn eight is twelve up. Turn nine is thirteen up. And so on. Turn twelve yeah. is only red joker. Yeah. Damn it. They still did not show that the 150k is unlocked. We are now at 151 and a half thousand dollars. Yay. She's giving them money. You have until Friday, January 20th at 6 p.m. Central Time, 7 Eastern. <laughs> so, everybody give the weird money so we can see France and Belgium. <laughs> <laughs> yep, make it to the continent. All right. You know what would make me lose my mind is if one of the like half a million dollar stretch goals is another faction. That would be cool. I would die. <laughs> yes, that would yeah. that would throw that would be a hype uh, a pretty pretty big hype thing if they added another the map faction. map is just to trail all the way to the three kingdoms or something. <laughs> <laughs> I feel I feel like that would get some attention from people. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And a lot of chatter. It would generate a lot of chatter. So the other thing is, uh, along with the monetary stretch goals, they do have the podcast stretch goal, which we're hoping to be assisting with uh, shortly. And then they also have ones if you'd like and retweet their posts about it. So make sure you check those out. I think it unlocks like patches and T-shirts. So more fun stuff. The The T-shirts that are on the the most recent update, the Pajama Party update, look really good. It'd be nice to have them. I mean, patches are patches. You need 5,000 Facebook likes and or Twitter retweets for backer patches, which have been unlocked. Oh, it Yeah. Wow. Backer patches already unlocked. Backer t-shirts already unlocked. 10,000 Facebook likes or Twitter retweets. They need more social goals. Yeah, they do. Social goals are fun. if If you backed like Exploding Kittens last year or the Bears versus Babies this year... Those are both two games that had a plethora of amazing social goals because they're the style of game where they're like, oh, we want like 50 grand. And then people are like, here's $4 million. So they were like, <laughs> so they decided that they were going to do like a ton of social goals and they're a lot of fun. So I'm hoping that maybe the weird has some more of those in stock too to keep going with the social media buzz, you know? Yep. They had all sorts of fun ones. There was dress your baby up like a tank. <laughs> there was get Oh, this uh, is for exploding kids. Yeah, for this for the Bears versus Babies Kickstarter. Oh, it yeah. closed Bears like a month ago. It like a really interesting game actually. It did. I I pr- I kickstarted it. I'm looking forward to getting it. So uh but then there was the uh 
someone had to get a tattoo of the logo. Oh no! <laughs> and, and somebody did? did, yeah, somebody did, and they got the. <laughs> it's pretty epic. So we'll have to hopefully weird will get some new ones out there because those are fun way to keep the hype going and sort of rolling. Uh, yeah. The next, the next <laughs> special special is someone needs to have a, a tattoo of the Burning Man on their back. I'll just. It, they, that was the thing. They didn't. It wasn't like it has to be a giant tattoo. It's just a small one, but you know, and you can get it wherever. But you have to do it if right. you want that that stretch goal unlocked. <laughs> How badass yeah. was the stretch goal? The way that it worked is they had like, like there was like it was like, like a scavenger hunt where there was like forty different things, you know, social meet social goals. Yeah, and like as you checked off more, you unlocked certain. It was things. like a bingo card. Yeah, basically, yeah. Where you had to, so I don't remember what the reward for doing like all of them was. I think it upgraded the game box or something. Oh yeah, I think it made it so the game box is covered in fur. <laughs> covered in uh, fur, not like real fur, faux fur, I'm sure. But oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> I don't know. If we're getting a tattoo, I might want real fur. <laughs> Yeah, but it's every oh, single game box. The person, the person who got the tattoo gets real fur. Everyone else gets fur. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but that's yeah. You got to think like that's a lot of fur, man. <laughs> I don't know how many people Human they actually. Off the how, how many people actually backed it? Yeah, they had eighty-five thousand backers, so and raised three point two million dollars. So uh, yeah, that's a lot of uh, fur. But yeah, their social goals are really cool. And then I, I'm glad that we did them, and I hope they do some more. So, yeah, we'll we're one fifteenth of the of the of the Twitter backer or the podcast backer goal. Yeah, You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, so they Flipping jokers, it, yeah. where you at? Yeah, so the first <laughs> one, Reservoir, where you at? Uh, I'm calling yeah. you out. <laughs> I, I guess I did see on. Uh, it looked like on a weird place that they were going to record an episode. So that Good. sounded pretty cool. Uh, it, oh, something man, about... I keep coming back to that model with the lady with the gun and the buzzsaw hand and just the hype, you know, man. Yeah, I can't wait to see some of these new uh, models get revealed later on. That's really going to determine stuff. Oh, man. I think, I think now. the chick with the, with the light bulbs is a real gun. Cool. Yeah, probably. Or some sort of, some sort of goss rifle, maybe? Yeah, hopefully. Something cool. It looks badass. It better be badass. So. Yeah, with the number, with the amount of, um, so so the fact that it's like charged in with a battery that 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 leads me to believe it's something electrically based or magnetic based. But the the number of, um, oh, what is that thing called? Where the the suppressor the suppressor holes at the end of the barrel tells me that there's some sort of projectile that they're trying to release uh, gas gaseous substance from anyway. But that's if this was a real thing in a, in a real world, you know. So, who knows? Who knows what this magical gun shoots? <laughs> very, very cool. All right, well, uh, thanks. Congratulations. Weird. That's, that is yeah. a dope, dope Kickstarter campaign that you've got running right now. And yep. uh, thanks uh, to the listeners for listening to us talk about the other side on our podcast. Uh, thank you, Justin, for joining us. And... Uh, We'll talk to you guys some other time. Thanks for having me on again. See you some other time. You can reach us on uh, Twitter at MWM Podcast. Uh, 
And that's probably the best way, so I'm not going to say the rest. Uh, <laughs> thanks, everybody, and uh, we'll hopefully be back uh, pretty soon. And we could yeah. Christmas and stuff. You should talk to Joe about getting on the road.